What's up, NFL fans? Connor McCarthy here with my co-host, as always, Blake Pace, here to talk to you about another week in the NFL. And you know what time it is, NFL fans. It is championship weekend. And uh, before we get into our subjects, Blake wants to go and do his game again, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to start off uh, with some number 18s. This is my favorite one because uh, of the share of Peyton Manning. I'm not going to let you steal that. Oh, I know great. we talked you about You already before. said that one, and that was really the only one I really know. Because so, well, and he's not even active. He's just, you know, one of the – he's probably – he's the best to wear number 18. That's but, what I'm um, saying. For me, can we just count him as active? I mean, yeah, it wasn't that we'll count it. I mean, so. there's, a, there's a top receiver that I think that um, – what am I going to say? Uh, AFC North. Top wide receiver AJ Green. AJ Green I, I was wears just, number eighteen. See, I know right before you even give me the hint, but I'm just too scared to look like a fool, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, any others? Any, any others? Other, that you can think? There's a lot of receivers. Others, I know there's a lot of receivers. You just got to give me the team and like very vague hints, and I mean, uh, rookie easily. wide receiver, uh, white boy, white boy, uh, white boy, rookie wide receiver, uh, wide receiver. Yeah. See, immediately I would think Christian McCaffrey, but he's not a oh. wide receiver. Hmm. Who? Uh, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup? Why would I not even think of that? Yeah. See, I'm off my game Hard already. Very depressing. Uh, we've got a number 18 with your Redskins. Number 18 with the Redskins. Yeah. Talking about Doxon? Yep, Josh yeah. Doxon. Doxon is 18. Uh, backup quarterback Connor Cook. Uh, where's Cook. 18? Uh, wide receiver in Green Bay that kind of dropped off the past two years. Randall Cobb? Yep, Randall Cobb. Um, hmm. This guy just got picked up by the Patriots halfway through the season. Wide receiver. Halfway through the season. Drop from uh, Cleveland. Drop from, oh, Kenny Britt? Yep, Kenny Britt. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to go through the rest of these guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've got... Uh, Any more big names? I mean, uh, this guy got a DUI last season. Um, got kicked, <laughs> that could be a couple people. Got kicked off the Cardinals because of it. Michael Floyd. Michael Floyd. Michael Floyd, yeah. Uh, Taylor Gabriel with the Falcons, Andre Holmes with I think he's still with the Oh no, he's, he's with, not the with the Bills. He's with the Bills now. He used to be the Raiders. Uh tight end for the uh Jackson or no, he's in Buffalo now. What tight end for who are we talking about? Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes Lewis is not he's in uh, Jacksonville still, but I just saw him catching touch. Why does this say he's on the Bills? I was gonna say I totally he's... Look, don't don't check pro football focus all that's the time. That's so weird. Guys, I, well, that I thought he weird. was Jags. Why did they say he's Lewis is a tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Yeah, that's just saw him another week, so I can fact check that one. That's really weird. Yeah. I don't know why I said that, but um It is funny that you said Andre Holmes though, because I haven't heard that name in a while. Oh yeah. And I remember one year being super high on Andre Holmes in fantasy. I think it was like Derek Carr's rookie year or something. Yeah. He had like four straight weeks with a touchdown pass and a couple multi-touchdown passes. Then I started in one week and then I didn't make the playoffs because of it. And I've always been a little bitter because of it. <laughs> That's, that would be the 2014 yeah. season. Yeah, 2014 season. 700 yards. Yeah. This year, 13 receptions, 120 yeah. yards. That's what I'm saying. I think he may have had all 700 yards in that four-game span and then on the fifth game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two more guys, Jeremy Macklin, uh, Richard Matthews. Jeremy Macklin's pretty good. Yeah. He's pretty. He's an underrated receiver, I'd say. Yeah, those are those are basically the the 18s. Okay. Yeah, that's all, all right. I got for you. So that's all I got for me. Yep. So ready to get into the subjects? Of course. All right, let's get into it. 
So, after last week, everybody's been kind of impressed with Casey Keenum. Uh, Vikings uh, Nation is ex- especially impressed. So, where does Casey Keenum rank? Or Case Keenum, as my friends always correct me because I like to say Casey. Yeah. Case Keenum rank among QBs. How badly should teams want him in free agency? You know, I think the only teams that should really want him this offseason are the teams that are going to hire Pat Shermer as their head coach. Um, I'm not going to go out there and break my bank on Case Keenum. Um, you know, he you know has had some down, he had some down years back when he was with the um, with the Rams, and you know he really found his groove in Pat Shermer's offense in Minnesota. And Pat Shermer is one of a candidate for a head coaching position. Um, rumors are he's already you know kind of accepted behind the behind the scenes the job to the New York Giants, um, which I think would be amazing to bring Case Keenum over to New York. Um, you know, to kind of make way for the new quarterback there, if Eli Manning moves down. Um, the only other position I, I really think that I would like him at is, you know, if um, Pat Shermer went to the Cardinals. I think that, you know, the Cardinals need a quarterback now and they need a head coach. That'd be a great combination. Um, to bring over. Yeah. I think Case Keenum is, is tough. Um, you know, I, I have been extremely impressed with him this season, but I think there are, there are limited offensive schemes that he can fit into. Um, an only other destination I think I might be interested in a similar scheme would be with the New York Jets. Um, I think that the way they would run their offense around Case Keenum would be somewhat similar to what Shermer is doing. But you know, if I'm a if I'm a team that you know say my star quarterback retires, I'm not breaking the bank or um, to try and bring in Case Keenum. I think he's more of a, a more of a scheme guy. Okay. Uh, well, well, first of all, I've said multiple times on the show, I, I actually have been a fan of Case Keenum, and I, I liked him before this. Mm-hmm. I always thought he had some talent in there. I always yeah. thought he was a little underrated and everything. And I liked it. the first couple games with Houston. I mean, his first ever game, I got to watch him. I think it was against the Colts, actually. It was yeah. Houston, and Andre Johnson caught, like, three touchdown passes. He mm-hmm. lit it up and threw some beautiful balls in there. And he had a couple of first good games, then he kind of fell off and went to the Rams and everything. And, Jeff Fisheritis. Oh yeah, it happens to everybody. Yeah, so I'm terrible. not going to even uh, like count that pretty much. I mean, that's embarrassing. But like, I, I am a fan of Casey Keenum. I don't think he's definitely not top ten quarterback or anything no. like that. I don't think that. But in top fifteen, I can start seeing that and everything. Yeah. And I, I think in the right system, like with the Vikings, like you said, he, he can definitely thrive. And I'm a fan of him in free agency this year. I think for whatever money he gets, it won't be top shelf. It won't be a Kirk Cousins. Yeah. So you're gonna get your probably money's worth for what you're getting out of Keenum, a good or a decent starting quarterback. And there's one team you didn't mention. If Kirk goes away, Keenum would probably fit in with the Redskins' offense pretty well. I mean, if you think about it, Minnesota's offense, it's built a lot of play action and a lot of things like that, bootlegs, getting people outside, stuff like that. That's what the Redskins have wanted to do for a long time. Our ground game hasn't been good enough to the point where it consistently can work all the time. But if we get a running back in there, Casey Keenum's doing well, I I think that that would be a, a good alternative if Cousins is too much. Keenum, maybe in the $20 million, $21 million range per year. That's a lot. I know for quarterback, but if you think about it nowadays, yeah. you think about it. He's had a good season. That's what I'm saying. He's had a really good season, and he just showed that he can play in the playoffs. I mean, that was a great game. That yeah. was such oh, a that was game. an amazing game. That and, was an amazing game. I can't understate that enough. And then the second half, it did that. get tough on him. He had a great first half of football. Yeah. And then up until, you know, the last two drives, he also pulled off some heroics. You know, the third yeah. quarter was a little rough for him, but he mm-hmm. found his, his groove in the fourth yeah. quarter. Um the only thing I would worry about saying Washington, I do. I was going to ask you that even, you know, 
if he goes to Arizona, like I mentioned, you know, he's got Larry Fitzgerald, he's got David Johnson, he's got a plethora of like of weapons. You know, if he goes to New York, he's got Odell Beckham Jr., Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard. See, I'm going to say, uh, before you even do, are you going to call it Jameson Crowder, Josh Doxson? I mean, and you guys receiving core had a pretty bad year with Kirk it did. Cousins it at did. quarterback. It did have a bad year. And I will say this. I mean, a lot of it was development. A lot of it was Terrell Pryor being there in the beginning. He will not be there anymore. I think mm-hmm. that was detrimental to our team from a standpoint of we were forcing him the ball when he shouldn't really have been getting the ball in yeah. the first place. I mean, you can't take this. Jordan Reed, if he's somehow healthy by next year, I mean, it just makes our offense so much better, Definitely. obviously. I think Josh Doxson's going to be a good receiver in this league. He developed well. He was getting better every week and everything. Mm-hmm. Jameson Crowder was slow in the beginning, but he picked up where he left off from last year eventually, and yeah. he started playing well. So our receiving core, it's got talent. It yeah, definitely no, has talent. And has you're right, potential. it does not have the proven talent of a Larry Fitzgerald and Odell Beckham. Or even which, in Minnesota this year, you know, yeah. like Diggs and Thielen. Diggs and Thielen are great receivers, too. You're not you're not wrong about that. Mm-hmm. But I think the Redskins do have the potential to be, um, get to that level one day, maybe. I don't yeah. know if they'll be as high as a Thielen. Thielen and Diggs or Fitzgerald and Odell. But, you know, I think that it would work out all right. Mm-hmm. But one thing I was going to say, though, before, um, oh, one negative in Casey Keenum's point. I like Casey Keenum. He kind of is a gunslinger at heart. And occasionally that can get him into trouble. He oh. does make dumb throws sometimes where you're, you're left scratching your head. And it's just, it's random sometimes. He'll make two beautiful throws and then it'll just be like, wait, what are you doing? What are you seeing on that play? And especially in offense. Uh, like the Vikings, which it can be so fluid at times, and then they have such a great defense, he really shouldn't be making those boneheaded throws. But I also think, I mean, what's his total playtime? I mean, he has even accumulated more than two seasons worth of playtime. He's 29 years old being yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. So he's basically like a third-year quarterback, and he can develop and get better, I think. That's true. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, you saw that this year. He developed a ton this year. Yeah. Oh, he definitely developed. Yeah. Uh, he just kept getting better as the season went on, and that's why uh, Sam Bradford is not starting quarterback exactly. in the playoffs. Or exactly. Teddy Bridgewater. That's why they didn't even give him a shot. Yeah. So Keenum definitely has some value, and he's someone to look out for in free agency definitely. this year. So on to our next subject. Depressing game for Pittsburgh, and uh, it could be the last game of the Killer Bees. And uh, should it end? I mean, should this be the end of the Killer Bees? I mean, <laughs> should it? No, I... Could it? Possibly. I mean, I think that the more changes that are coming this offseason are with the coaching staff. I mean, you already saw Todd Haley is gone. Um, their wide receivers coach actually, what's his name? Uh, wide receivers coach Richard Mann just retired. Um, so, you know, they've got a they got a couple changes. I think their D coordinator also might be out of his way soon. I think that the, the problems with the Steelers, you know, where they fell short was with their coaching staff. Um, I think their defense wasn't necessarily equipped um, enough for a deep postseason run. I don't think that this should have anything to do with being the end of, of Big Ben, uh, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown. That's one of the best trio of players that you'll you'll find on a team oh, probably, you know, for a while. I can't think of a better combination unless, you know, if you had, you know, Kirk Cousins go to Arizona and you line him up with David Johnson, one of the most, you know, a top three running back. And then and Larry, Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald, but who's also on his decline. So even then, that's not as great. But, you know, that's probably one of the best, that's the best trio of offensive talents in football. And so I, I'm not ready to give that up. You know, Le'Veon Bell has come out and said, you know, that he doesn't want to be franchise tagged. He said he would, you know, consider sitting out for a year or even possibly retire if they did that. So that's one thing yeah. that the Steelers have to be very cautious about. Um, and Big Ben had a, an amazing season. I, yeah. We talked about him at the beginning of the year. We really doubted it. Um, he had a terrible game against Jacksonville at the beginning of the season, but then he turned things right around. I don't think I'm 
I don't think Big Ben needs to retire. He said he plans on playing next season. Yep. I fully expect him to. Um, there's no need to stop now. You know, he had a great year um, in total. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be ready for it to end. Yeah, you know, and that's the funny thing is, I mean, is Big Ben the next Brett Favre pretty much with this retirement talk? And then, yeah. I mean, like, uh, at the beginning of this season, I thought it was a serious possibility that he was going to just walk away. He yeah. looked like he was. And then and he kept talking and, about yeah, it. Yeah, at the end of this game, you know, season, he's like, I want to play next year. It's up to uh, the management and everything. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting and everything. And the Bell thing is obviously the, the biggest thing they have to worry about, like you said. I mean, he's such a talented player, and I 100% I'm on his side on this. They got to stop franchising tagging him because uh, the life of running back in the NFL is only so much guarantees and everything. Yeah. And he's at the top of his game. Why shouldn't he be getting guaranteed years down in advance just in case? I mean, he's toting the ball 30 times a game. He needs these guarantees. He's not getting from the Steelers. Yeah. And you're right. A lot of the front office has been screwing up and. With the amount of talent the Steelers have, the fact that they haven't even made an appearance in a Super Bowl is kind of mind-boggling to me with, I mean, those three players alone. And I, I know the old Steelers teams, they focus so much on defense. Mm-hmm. They've, that's really gotten away from them over the years. Oh, yeah. And I know missing Shea's year this year in the playoffs, it really did affect them. But, I mean, giving up 45 points to the Jaguars, yeah. led by Blake Bortles, <clears throat> that's just something that shouldn't really happen. And then their secondary is also where I look at as being, you know, such a major problem for Pittsburgh. Um, you know, you lose, you know, an all-time great safety like Troy Palomalu, who's all yeah. over the field every play, like top two, top three safety of all time. You know, that, you know, you, it's tough to replace those secondary pieces, and that's, you know, where they've fallen short. They've, they've added so much talent on the offense. You know, I like their offensive line. I like their their wide receivers tight end position. They keep trying to bring in guys that doesn't seem to necessarily fit every time. But when you have an amazing, you know, you have a top receiver in Antonio Brown, a top quarterback in Big Ben, and a top uh, running back, in and Le'Veon then a bunch Bell. of other players that are very talented exactly. that surround him. Brian, exactly. Brian, uh, Eli Rogers, I mean, even Eli, Eli Rogers, he had a pretty good game, and you haven't heard from him all year. And Big Ben loved him last year, and you yeah. saw their chemistry in this one. I mean, it's when you crazy. have that much talent on offense, there shouldn't, you know, it, if you don't have success, I think it comes down to coaching, and so it's something yeah. that, you know, even um, even the Steelers' uh, partners are pushing for Mike Tomlin to be fired. I saw yeah. that earlier this week. And so, you know, people understand that, you know, why is this team not getting further than the divisional round? You know, why why didn't they beat Jacksonville? You know, they think that that might be part of coaching, and it should be. You know, you can't have that much talent on an offensive side of the ball and not win games in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, def- I, I like what they did with, they got T.J. Watt through the draft. Yeah. That's a good, good first move. first round pick. They went out and got Joe Hayden before the season started as well. He got banged up a little. He got banged up a little too, but I mean, it was still getting a pretty good cornerback yeah. from division rival. Mm-hmm. I like these moves. And I think that's really what they need to do in the next couple years. That's yeah. what they need to focus on in the draft is keep adding defensive talent. Don't worry about the offense. If you're going to keep the killer bees together, that's great. Don't even worry about the offense. Offense is fine as long as you have those playmakers. It's it's all got to be about the defense and really reforming the steel curtain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially in in this draft. Um, just from what I've been looking at, it's very uh, deep in the secondary. Yeah, and so I think if they can go and they get a cornerback or a safety with their first round pick, um, who's their uh, recent first round pick in the secondary? Artie Burns. Artie Burns. I haven't been a huge fan of his play um, in his first two seasons now. Uh, I mean, he's a starting corner. But, uh, you know, I feel like they expected more out of him when they drafted him. So maybe, you know, getting a guy to, you know, in the first round that maybe, you know, exceeds expectations and takes over that starting job. Um, I feel like Artie Burns can be more of a rotational guy in the secondary, but they definitely do need to improve that defensive unit if they want to find themselves, you know, 
advancing further than the divisional round. Oh, definitely. I mean, I don't think a lot of people thought they wouldn't advance to the next round playoffs, but those freaking Jags, man, out of nowhere. I love them. (laughs) Okay, I think we'll go on to our next subject. So, uh, both games this week uh, are both uh, heavily favored one way, Minnesota and New England. We'll talk about the Eagles-Minnesota game first. How can the Eagles beat Minnesota? You know, I think it's actually pretty easy for the Eagles to be- beat Minnesota. Um, pretty easy. I, I think don't it's know I, easy. I think it should be fairly words. easy. I don't. You know, people keep painting this underdog story again. You know, they're underdogs against Atlanta, and you saw them grit out a win like that. They're underdogs again against Minnesota, and I think people in you know fans and media attention and you know Vegas, they're all painting this Eagles team poorly just because Nick Foles is their starting quarterback. Um, what you saw when the Eagles beat the Falcons is just an amazing defensive and offensive line beat the crap out of their opponents on every single play. And the, the, there's a saying in football, as a game goes on, faster players get slower, but bigger players don't get smaller. Meaning that size throughout a playoff game, especially in that, you know, you know those faster players are going to get tired out. But if you're just a big guy bullying up front on the line, like you are going to have that success all day. And that was what you saw. You know, the Falcons don't have much um, size on their defensive line besides Don Terry Poe. And so the Eagles offensive line, full of big dudes, uh, Jason Kelsey, um, who's their tackle, Lane Johnson, just bully them. And so, you know, they really just own the the fronts. And then Fletcher Cox on the opposite side of the field. Um, You know, Fletcher Cox is the best, you know, one of the best D tackles in football. And so you just saw them will their way with that line. And I think that they can do that again this week. Minnesota has a much better front seven than Atlanta does. The only problem is that they don't have depth, and they don't have great rotational guys on the defensive line and linebackers, and so that's another thing where I worry, you know, if it gets, you know, towards the end of the third quarter, start of the fourth quarter, you know, Philadelphia's just been pounding the ball all game, and all of a sudden, you know, these top uh, defensive linemen and linebackers for Minnesota are just gassed out, and they can't keep, you know, going with these five-yard runs, you know, again and again. Um, so I, I really think that this is Philadelphia's game to win. Who game to win? I think Jeez, it is. You are really on the Eagles. Yeah. Right, look, this is what I say about we we've talked about the Falcons a lot this year. We mm-hmm. really did, and how they just seem to fall apart at times, and they're not playing to their potential and everything. And I think that was the case last week. I don't think it was much as I I know the Eagles had a great effort, hundred percent, great effort, great win, and everything, but. The Falcons had so much talent, and they just they, they shoot themselves in the foot. And you saw on the final drive of the game, when they were on the goal line pretty much, they were on the five-yard line, two-yard line, Julio Jones falls down on the play. I mean, that's, that's, that's well, the most typical. That play call is even terrible t- from the That's start. what I'm saying. What is the play call? Yeah. You, We've you, talked to You there. roll out, and <laughs> you roll from the a, immediately eliminate half of the field 100%. for an opportunity. So I, and I, I didn't just purely that. looking at Julio Jones. It didn't look like there was much other action besides, no. let's just feed Julio Jones with very little space on the sideline and hope he wins uh, this contest. Yeah. So I just... The Eagles are a good football team all around. I'm not going to discredit them that. I think the Vikings are a great football team all around. Now, if Carson Wentz, like we like to say, was on the Eagles, and I flipped the script, and oh, I yeah. think the Eagles are favored in this game, I just think the Vikings are just such a good team. I think I think that defense is elite. I think that the, that Nick Foles will have a tr- really tough time getting anything started against them. The Falcons' defense had the potential to be elite. They really did. They have a lot of playmakers on that defense. 
but they just weren't. They, they weren't. They weren't. They're not the same as what the Vikings have been playing all year. And I think the Vikings' offense has been more consistent this year. They know their game plan better. I think their coordinator, sure, I think that he's better over around. Yeah. And I just, I think the Eagles kind of got lucky in playing the Falcons last week, a team that has a lot of holes, and I just don't see the holes in the Vikings. Yeah, no, there are definitely fewer holes. Um, Flipping to the opposite side, because I know I just talked a lot about the, the Eagles' offense against the Vikings' defense. Um, the Vikings' offense is more sound um, schematically than Atlanta. But even when you look at what was Atlanta's strength was, you know, they have a, a great quarterback, a top three receiver in the league, and some, you know, Mohamed Sanu, um, Austin Hooper is a great tight end this season. Um, they didn't get much of the passing game going. And a lot of that is because you're playing in Philadelphia in January. You know, it's it's tough to win a game through it the is. air. When Philadelphia it's like that. is a nasty place to play. Exactly. And you've got a Minnesota team that gets to play inside a dome now and, you know, has the comfort of playing inside. And, you know, that's going to be, you know, a shock. You know, you'll, you'll practice all week being able to, you know, you'll practice outside to get ready for that weather. But, you know, when you're playing game time speed and it's it's full, just hard knock hitting, like, that's a lot different. And Philadelphia's been playing like that for the past month. Um, so I think that Case Keenum will struggle a little to get the passing game going because of the weather. And, you know, the running game wasn't necessarily great against New Orleans. You know, it didn't have a great day on the ground. And especially against, you know, what I think is, a, you know, a massive front seven in Philadelphia, I think they could struggle to get the ball running as well. I mean, the thing is, and when it comes down to it, let's say that the Vikings defense, the Eagles defense is just a push. Even though I think the Vikings defense is a little bit better than the Eagles defense and all. Uh, let's say it's a push. Mm-hmm. I will take the Vikings offense over the Eagles offense all day long. Mm-hmm. I will. And I'm not saying like the Eagles defense, if they start making plays, I mean the way that I said they have to beat Minnesota is just minimizing mistakes, which you say every week, but minimizing mistakes. They can't have Nick Foles throwing picks. And every opportunity they get, when Casey Keenum does throw one of those dumb throws that I mentioned earlier, they got to take advantage. They have to take advantage of those. There cannot be dropped interceptions in this game, and the Eagles expect you to win. Like, they they have to get, their defense has to get started, their special teams has to help. It just has to be an all-around team effort and as little responsibility on Nick Foles' uh, shoulders as possible, in my opinion. Yeah, and and I think that there doesn't need to be much of a responsibility on his shoulders if they can establish that running game early um you know if they just you know pound the ball on the ground like they did at the beginning of the game against Atlanta with just Ajayi and Blunt just running the ball you know even if they're getting just you know four four yards of carry you know that that just sets them up with much easier um conversions on third and second down and I think that you can really minimize the the need for Nick Foles to have a great game he just needs to manage it and let his defense do the job which I think they can Mm-hmm. Well, this game can certainly go a lot of different ways, and I'm excited to watch Yeah, no, it's going to be a great yeah. game. This whole good. weekend is yeah. just going to be yeah. so exciting. I think so, too. All right, so on to the next game we'll talk about. So the Jaguars are definitely underdogs going into Foxborough to face the Patriots. I know you're such a huge fan of the Jaguars this year, so I want to hear how the Jaguars can beat the Patriots this week. I just want to pull this up before we even okay, start. Like, I, got, I, I, got, I have honestly, an audio file that I'm going to play. Uh, it is... Uh, from November eighth, are we talking about? We're talking November eighth. Uh, I think this I just, was episode play, six of the podcast. Is this the one where you're calling the Jaguars would beat the Patriots or something? Let's just give it a AFC? listen. That's Let's just I give it a I listen. Think I remember it. And you know, I'll say this right now. Put me on record for this. I think that this team, you know, in the playoffs, if they travel to New England, I, I honestly think they could beat the Patriots in there. You saw last year the Houston Texans. Um, I would say that the Jacksonville Jacks have a better defense than the Texans, but the Texans were so close to beating the Patriots because they just got to Tom Brady. This defensive line, this front seven, 
can get to Tom Brady on almost every single play, and if you can disrupt Tom Brady, you can beat the Patriots. All right, see, I knew that one was coming out, and I did. November 8th. Yeah. November you 8th. Me to rebuttal, I'm going to go with my... For this all yeah, time. start off. 100%. Bill Belichick has known for forever. He, I, if you don't think he's been looking at the Jaguars, he knows what the problem's going to be. He has yeah. been game planning this entire time for what if the Jaguars face me in the playoffs? What am I going to do? Well, and you know, even then, to going back into spring training... Belichick knew that back in the summer. Yeah. He called up Jacksonville and was like, hey, can we come down to Jacksonville and practice with you guys yeah. for a week? He got to go down there and watch them yeah. all week. Oh, I so know. I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm heading right. with this. You're so right about I, that. If any any defense is going to do this, I, I don't think, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they don't get any pressure on Tom Brady because that's specifically, the Patriots do it so well. They take away what you think they're gonna, you're going to be good at. They just take it away. So, I... And I do. I cannot see in any way possible. You know, the Steelers just let up forty-five points to the Jaguars. The Patriots' defense—if they give up more than twenty, let's say twenty-four points to the Jaguars—I will be shocked. Be shocked. I don't think they'll give up twenty-four. I'll, I'll tell you my prediction when we go you, and pick okay, them at the end you, of the okay, day. I, got you, I, got I, I had a score prediction, but okay. um, so you say they take away what they're best at? Yes. But if you're the best in the league. If you have the best secondary in the league, the best pass rush in the league, what is your weakness? Like, what is he going to take away? He's going to take away that pass rush, I feel like. I think that's what's going to be a thing. There's going to be a lot you, of quick throws. Do you really think that Ramsey and Bouye will, like, struggle against Brandon well, Cooks and Amendola? Gronkowski, I think that that's going to be a big part of the game. I think that Miles Jack can run with you Gronkowski think, all day. Miles mm-hmm. Jack is a freak of nature, and he's been, a, you know, as a as a pass rusher, I haven't been that impressed with him as an open field tackler, you know, all right. But if I was thinking about this, you know, I was I was thinking about this game, and I said, who is going to match up against Gronkowski? And it's either going to be Miles Jack or Jalen Ramsey. Maybe they'll rotate it on and off because Miles Jack is has size and is fast as hell, and he can keep up with Gronkowski. And Jalen Ramsey, you know, while he's smaller than Gronk, is a heavy hitter. No one hits harder from the secondary than uh, Jalen Ramsey. And so you're right. No, if the if Belichick is going to win this game, I think it's going to be through Gronkowski. I just think that, you know, unlike every team that they've faced this year, I think Jacksonville has one or two guys that can match up with Gronk. The thing is, the Patriots just do such a good job of mixing things up, too. Oh, yeah. No other team does it better in the league, in my opinion. I mean, they could just pull stuff out of their... Butts, pretty much, and just you don't know what just happened to you. I mean, maybe they'll throw some trick plays in there just to get the defense on their feet, not even trying to accomplish things, just to see certain looks and things like that. And they notice so many things during games, and they make the best in-game adjustments. They have another court or another head coach on the field in Tom Brady and things like that. Now, I'm not saying the Patriots are going to light up, even though the Steelers just put up 42 points. And I will say, based on that. It may have been it, pure athleticism, pure talent on the Steelers is ridiculous. Some of those Antonio Brown, oh, that's yeah. that's stupid. Those, I mean, those yeah, catches were unreal. Unreal. And Le'Veon Bell's another freaking and self. Big Ben may yeah. have had you know one of his best games of all time. Like this, oh, that, yeah. Big Ben was unbelievable against yeah. that Jags defense, yeah. and they still lost. Which is why he probably shouldn't retire. But exactly. you know, the thing is, Tom Brady steps steps up, steps up in the playoffs, like we all know, and then. I just can't see the Blake Bortles-led offense putting up very many points against this defense. I think that the, the the Patriots' defense has been one of the best defenses in the NFL since their horrific first four weeks or whatever. Yeah. And I just, 
I think he's going to confuse the crap out of Bortles. I think Bortles is going to throw a couple picks, maybe in a pick six or something like that. And I think that's going to be their downfall in the end. See, my my thing that I always come back to is the Patriots have one the, the best dynasty in professional football to me with, you know. One of the best dynasties of all time. Yeah, in, in, in major league in, sports. In sports. Yeah, definitely. But what has been the one thing that always keeps them from winning the Super Bowl or making it to the Super Bowl? It is elite defenses. It is, you know, the the Ravens when they knock them out in the playoffs. It is the Denver Broncos when they were there a couple years ago. And the New York Giants twice in the Super Bowl with one of the great, like, one of the best defenses. I've told you, I think this Jags defense is better than all of those defenses. I think they're the greatest of all time. Mm -hmm. And if you've got guys, you know, on the front line, I mean, just these names, Calais Campbell, Malik Jackson, even coming off the bench, Dante Fowler Jr., Yannick Ngakwe, um, Marcel Darius. Those four, I haven't been necessarily impressed with the Pats O-line. I mean, if the Patriots just want to run the, like a quick slant, you know, two-step drop every play, then yeah, you won't get pressure on him. But, you know, this this offensive line is uh, is going to struggle against the Jags' front seven, and I, you know, I really wouldn't be surprised if they got upset. You know, it's the funny thing, and I understand agree the way to beat the Patriots is an elite defense. This Jacksonville defense is insane. It's really good. Yeah. It's just Bortles, man. It's Bortles when it comes down. And it's down crazy. To it. And it's and this it's is exactly what we talked about eight weeks ago. It is Bortles. We talked about it last week. That's but what, what we happened? About. They he, won. Yeah, and they he won. played decently. He played decently uh, enough. Like I know. Like, uh, uh, my 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 father actually say, texted me, and because he knows how much I dislike Bortles as a quarterback and everything. He's like, say what you want about Bortles, but he played pretty well today. And I look at his numbers and it's really nothing special against the Steelers' defense that isn't as good as the Patriots' defense by far. And I just... It's it's just Bortles, man. I, I just... I don't see him being able to put up enough offense and Bortles being able to Take away enough mistakes. And Leonard Fournette, we, who knows what his health is right now? He's got a car accident, right? Too. He looked pretty healthy last yeah, week. I know. And oh, he hurt his fender bender is fine. I know the fender bender is fine and everything, but He's fine with it that could accident. be a little bit but of a nagging injury. I thought, he was, I thought he was banged up in Buffalo, and then in Pittsburgh, he was just all he over the place. Awesome. He looked awesome. He did look awesome. My, my thing with, with the Patriots that worries me about, yes, it, it seems pretty clear that I think the Jags could win this game. Um, the thing that would concern me the most is if – the Patriots just every single player like, all right, we're gonna put eight men in the box. Yeah, we're gonna trust um, our our two cornerbacks, Gilmore, Malcolm Butler, and who's their safety, uh, McCourty. Yeah, if they're just like, you know, these three cover your receivers and tight end. Uh, we're gonna put eight in the Dude. box and stop under for that. That scares me. That yeah. really scares me because that secondary can handle these receivers no problem, man to man all game. That's the only thing that concerns me on offense um, for the Jags. But you know. Sometimes, you know, Leonard Fournette can break through a run even when it, with eight in the box. He did it all season. He's been playing with eight men in the box all year and still had a really good uh, rookie season, even being banged up. Yeah. So, I mean, that that is actually – I've always thought about that. What if you just completely just sell out? Sell out 100%. I think they will. Like, and I think they will too because nobody else really – I mean, like, everybody tries to stop the run with Jacksonville. Everybody does. Yeah. They play eight men in the box a lot and everything like that. But if you just completely were like – Okay, Bortles, you're gonna beat us, and it is going to be purely you, only you, and that's what I think Bill Belichick will it'll end up being. He's gonna make Bortles have to throw the ball downfield, and that's the thing. I don't know if Bortles. He's gonna make mistakes if he throws the ball downfield too much, because a lot of throws that he completed, and he made some good throws in that last game. I'm not gonna say that. There was a lot of wide open receivers the last game, and I don't think that's gonna be the case when they play the Patriots this mm-hmm. week. Well, and and 
I, I got to give some credit to uh, Nathaniel Hackett, offensive coordinator for the Jaguars. He knows it, it, it's crazy to see in the league sometimes when offensive coordinators get fired because of stuff that their quarterbacks can't do. Yeah. Um, you know, you see, you know, their quarterbacks aren't able to do this. You know, their quarterbacks aren't good, and the offensive coordinators are to blame sometimes. Nathaniel Hackett knows how, like, you have to know how bad yeah. Blake Bortles yeah, is. That's funny. Like, he's, pl- yeah. Yeah. he's playing this offensive scheme around the three things that he yeah. can do. No one has a tougher job than that guy. No one has oh, a tougher no. job. No, you have to you have to play you have to go around a quarterback who can make three passes. Yeah. And you just gotta run different kinds of formations and stuff to get him to throw those three passes. So a lot of props to Hackett. You know, he's he's doing a lot on that offensive scheme mm-hmm. with, you know, a very limited quarterback. Yeah, definitely. I mean it's just impressive. The fact they've gotten this far with Bortles at their as their quarterback is just yeah. it's it's plain impressive. So the Jags do definitely have a shot in this game, but uh, way more than the Titans ever had. We can say that oh, much. Definitely. No way that the Patriots blew out the Titans. That was the most boring game in the postseason, so in what has been a very good postseason. Oh, this postseason's been amazing. This postseason's been great. After all the injuries in the regular season to big stars, I'm really glad that we're having this type of postseason to kind of wrap it all up. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about them right now, and this is our last subject of the day. If Blake Bortles wins or makes it to the Super Bowl... Are the Jaguars going to keep him? Is he going to be the week one starter next year? I mean, ownership, GM, they're going to push for it. They drafted Blake Bortles yeah. at three. They're definitely going to push for it. But if I'm Tom Coughlin, if I'm Doug Marone, I am not having Blake Bortles return as my starting quarterback. They're purely winning this season based off of their, their defense, defense yeah. and their running game. Now, I understand Bortles has been average at best sometimes. But most of the season, he's been one of the worst quarterbacks. I think there are backup quarterbacks in the NFL that would have much more success in Jacksonville. Um, so, <laughs> just Jimmy Garoppolo has been a backup pretty much as long as Bortles has been in the league. I'd rather that's take, hilarious. To I'd me. rather take Jacoby Brissett. At, I would at rather the Jack take. Starting Jacob, job. I would rather have uh, maybe it, yeah, Jacoby Brissett. Give him a year in an off season. And everything. I yeah. mean, I, there are so many quarterbacks I'd rather have than Blake Bortles right yeah. now. I'd rather have their backup quarterback, Chad mm, Henne. I don't know. I'd about rather that have one. him. He's so much better of a passer than Blake Bortles. That's like Blake Bortles is one of the worst passers in football. Yeah, I mean, it's just the throwing the motion, man. It's just it's, that you can't. It's so keep, bad. It's no inconsistency. It's just. It is very bad. Well, I'm going to give you another scenario too. So, Jaguars. Go to the Super Bowl after Bortles beats the Patriots in Foxborough. Has a decent game. Then he lights it up in the Super Bowl. Let's just imagine. This is 100% <laughs> matter. This isn't going to happen. But, like, imaginary. Lights it up in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl MVP to his name. What, what, do you think that the Jaguars are sticking with him next they, year? They, if, if that happens and say he goes 252 touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. As much as you... you un- about- unfortunately, as because what would happen is the entire... Fan base of Jacksonville, yeah, would become the locker room will be upset if he's gone to. And the thing is, I think the Jaguars, no matter what, are insane if they don't add another quarterback to that locker room next year. They got to have somebody at least developmental, something in that quarter. But like, no matter what quarterback you go out and get, pretty much unless it's a known backup quarterback journeyman, it's going to cause trouble if the Jaguars go to the Super Bowl and win. At the same time, I don't Unless know. Plays though, terrible. Some of these guys, some yeah. If he plays, it plays he's terrible, plays, and they he still plays win the way he has yeah. all year. Yeah, I mean, you got guys in this secondary, and you know, Bortles is making I want to say close to fifteen million this year. Yeah, um, because it's the last year of his rookie scale contract, and you know, there are guys on that defense that are pissed about that. Yeah, you know, Jalen Ramsey, AJ Bouye, 
you know, they got to be looking at Blake Bortles like, how the hell are you making near $15 million a year? Yeah. Like, we're the reason we win. So, yeah. you know, I wouldn't say that, you know, I mean, of course, if he goes in and lights it up and they win a Super Bowl, keep him. You know, whatever. I You know, that would blow my mind. But, you know, there are so many quarterbacks in this free agency specifically that I think would do so much better of a job and would make the Jags... You know, I think if you had a different quarterback there, they're Super Bowl favorites to me. Well, that's an awkward situation for so many teams, looking at bad quarterbacks and defenses that are better. Look at Denver with the comments they've made recently about them trying to get Kirk Cousins to come over there. Yeah. And they're like, we could really use a real NFL quarterback while they have three quarterbacks on their roster. Yeah. And it's it's just funny. It's really, I would love to get behind the season in the locker room just to see the interactions between these defensive players and the quarterbacks. And everybody yeah. knows. <laughs> I mean, it, it's common sense. It's common knowledge. These players are not blind to this fact yeah. that their quarterback, they know that they have to make up so much ground for them. And even more so last season with the New York Giants. I mean, their their defense was I want to say top three in the league last season, but Eli Manning was you know thankfully you know he had his numbers looked decent because he was throwing it's to Odell, Odell but he had a bad year otherwise, yeah. and so you know that's another situation where you know you got guys in the locker room that are like you know if we had an average guy at quarterback we'd be winning so much more, so they got to be pissed about Look, that because this, quarterbacks get paid so much. It's yeah, hundred percent. And this is so off topic right now, but I really I, I had a discussion with somebody earlier. And I think we've talked about this once today. And I don't remember what you said. Is Eli Manning a Hall of Fame quarterback? Do you think Eli Manning's a Hall? And this is I know completely out of left field and everything. But I was talking about this with somebody today. So is Eli first ballot? No. Eventually, he eventually Hall of Fame. Do you think Tony Romo is a Hall of Fame quarterback? No. So basically, what we're saying, I mean, like, so to get in the Hall of Fame, you got to have Super Bowl success as a quarterback. So I'm just making sure that's that's the fact. In that you know, it, it's unfortunate because that it comes to that, but, you know, it, that's what it, it is. does. It that's is. what it is. So Eli Manning had that greatest defense, that great, great defense, which is why the Patriots were able to lose to the Giants. Exactly. I know Eli did decent enough, but if you can't tell me that if Tony Romo had that defense, that he wouldn't do better. He wouldn't do the better or the same at the minimum. Because yeah. I, I'm an NFC East fan. I'm, I'm a huge Redskins fan. I've got to watch both these quarterbacks for I don't know how long. Tony Romo was always a great quarterback, in my opinion. He always he seemed to always make great throws. He had some mistakes, of course, but, I mean, if you look over his career, and at least in the regular season, he's a regular season Hall of Fame quarterback. He is. Mm-hmm. A regular season yeah. Hall of Fame quarterback. Eli Manning's a postseason Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm just making sure that fact's out there that if you're a postseason Hall of Fame quarterback, you're much more likely to get in the Hall of Fame than if you're a regular season quarterback. Yeah, definitely, because, I mean, that's when apparently, you know, winning means more is when yeah, you get into the playoffs. And, you know. and deep down, I'm, I mean, I hate that's that case, too, because some teams have had great seasons, like the Rams, and it won't be looked on as great because they didn't win the Super Bowl. But exactly. they had an incredible season yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just wanted to make that a uh, point. Yeah. And I, I thought it was interesting. I was talking about yeah, it. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah. But back to the point. Blake Bortles, if the Jaguars don't get another quarterback, they're insane, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, on to our game picks. And I know you have a couple scores for me already. Yep. I've been slacking a little bit. I don't have my final score set, but I'll get that to you later. You might want to check it out on Pure Sports Network. Check out all of our articles. Me and Blake are up there all the time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Eagles versus Vikings, who do you got? Taking the Eagles. Uh, I'm taking them 20-13. to 13. Um, I think especially, you know, you saw the Falcons score to get, failed to, you know, put up points against them last week in a weather offense, you know, against a Philly defense in that environment. Um, I think that the Vikings will struggle to put up points as well. And, you know, 13 just isn't more than 20, and I think Philly, you know, will have a successful day on the ground. 
Um, they won't need to do much in the passing game because I think that the running game will take so much time off the clock and keep the defense fresh. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the Eagles to the Super Bowl. Whew, Eagles to the Super Bowl. A lot of Philly fans are probably happy about that, but I'm going to go with the Vikings in this one. I think they're going to be riding a wave of momentum after that last game first off, and I just I think they're the better overall team right now. Without Carson Wentz, I don't think the Eagles are going to win. So Patriots versus Jaguars. And this this actually, the whole show has really been leading up to this moment where Blake triumphantly <laughs> takes the Jaguars. I'm so excited to say this. I've been talking about this team for months. I doubted them last week. I'm not doubting them again. I am picking the Jaguars 19-17 to against the New England Patriots. They're moving on to the Super Bowl. Saxonville with Blake Bortles at the helm. You know, Tom Coughlin's going to be 3-0 against this guy in the playoffs. So, you know, Tom Coughlin, I, you know, I, I'm just so excited for this game. You know, I was excited to watch Pittsburgh-Jacksonville. That was one of my favorite games I've ever watched. I that think. was a great it was game. An amazing was a really game, good game full of speed athletes, yes, players. I think Jacksonville's going to take it to New England. I think they're faster. I think they're stronger. They don't scheme as well, but, you know, sometimes those things don't matter when it comes down to pure athleticism and who you have on the field. Jacksonville. Jacksonville. All right, so if you've been a fan of the show, you've watched a lot of episodes. I mean, me and Blake both have our things that we like to go over again. Blake with the Jaguars, me with Jimmy Garoppolo. And if you've noticed, we probably mentioned one of those names in each of our episodes so far. But there comes a time when you get overconfident and you just want to go <laughs> with the Jaguars and you really shouldn't because they're facing the Patriots in Foxborough. I, I think the Patriots win this one. And I'm gonna go with double digit win, and I'm gonna say I'm not I'm not gonna give a final score yet. You can yeah. check out our article if you want my final score, but I don't think there's any way that your Jags go in there and win. But if they do, you heard it here f- first. Heard and it I here give, first, and I give Blake a hundred percent permission to gloat all he wants next week. Oh, I week. will. I know you will. I, I gloated about saying that in the AFC. If the Jaguars win the Super Bowl, <laughs> everybody needs to bow down to Blake. We might have to oh do something God. special for that one. All right, so I think that wraps it up for today, man. Yeah, exciting week. I'm, I can't wait for these championship games. And uh, yeah, enjoy your weekend, guys. Yep, we'll catch you next football. week. See you guys.